Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the markets as well as in life. Hosted by Corinne, Claire, and Alexandra, who come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, spirituality, yoga philosophy, day trading, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore a different aspect of the economics of the markets, from following Bitcoin to more complex topics like blockchain governance and decentralized finance. But we don't just stop there. We also examine and discuss the astrological implications of these topics, exploring the different zodiac signs, the houses, the moon phases, and how they might approach financial decision-making and investment strategies. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is a podcast for you. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes and come expand your consciousness with us through the world of the financial markets with an astrological lens. Hey ladies, good morning. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Happy cancer season. Yeah. Happy cancer season. Yeah. How's it feeling? I'm kind of loving it actually. I'm really like feeling it. Loving it. I Yeah. I feel like I've been like in like this happy, like just flow. And then mm. the occasional real meltdown. meltdown. <laughs> good old cancer meltdown. It's true. Literally, literally good old cancer meltdown when my man wasn't around. And I'm like, why? Who's going to protect me now? Aww. I protected you. <laughs> you, did, you did protect me. Oh my God. I didn't tell you, but we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny that's so cute but it is kind of one of those things like um I don't know I'm really loving this cancer season it you know cancer is my north node so this is kind of like my my purpose journey is like to you know lean into those um those cancer qualities and it's like you're kind of like oh I'm loving this feeling you know deep feeling being really in tune with my feelings and then you suddenly have this something come up and this reminder of like oh yeah when you when you lean into like the good feelings more you're also going to feel all of the, the more uncomfortable feelings too and you just have these reminders of like oh yeah the yin and yang the balance of it all so yeah that's funny oh but you know what I I feel like that's so beautiful and I feel like totally. that's something that's actually so underrated and I do mm-hmm. feel like you know, cancer is this energy that so many people are like, oh, they're so emotional. Mm. And I'm like, that is such an amazing strength mm-hmm. like, to actually feel emotions, both the the positive and the not so positive is such a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. 
it's, it's part of being human. It's like we write it off like we're not supposed to feel, but like that's literally what differentiates us from machine and AI. If we can even go back to that, we have a full mm. spectrum of human emotions. There's literally light and dark, yin and yang. We live in a dual universe. We need to feel everything. And those who can feel everything, it is beautiful, but you get more out of life when you can fully allow yourself to feel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're you're really engaging in life. I think that's yes. that's the main thing. And it's so funny, Corinne, that you just said that because I just recorded like an IG video for this Cancer New Moon, and I said exactly that. Like a lot of people see being emotional as weakness, but it's actually like an insight into someone's strengths. Like if you can, you know, open yourself to feeling um, all of the feels, even if it's like difficult emotions. Um, and not block yourself off, that's actually a sign of strength. It's like weakness to to kind of like cut all of that off and, you know, have this like exterior, this ego shell surrounding you and not not allowing like emotions to really penetrate. Um, so it's so fascinating that you said that too. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like every time that we talk about like, you know, just the, the sign of cancer and the feelings around it or the energies around it, it always goes back to that. And and I always have this like train of thought of, yeah, but like emotions and even like vulnerability is mm-hmm. such a strength. And as we continue to step in this Aquarian age, you know, I think as Pluto will eventually go back into Aquarius and we're just releasing and letting go of those old constructs that we spoke about on the last episode that Mm. all even very like hard like oh you know what it makes me think about like that old school like oh you're crying like have a cup of concrete and toughen up and it's like oh my god that is that is so old school and so yay cancer season embracing it yay to death like just being able to fully feel the depth of everything, the depth of the sunrise, sunset rather than I'm looking at right now, you know, the depth of uh, confusion I was in, the depth of joy from choosing my new business logo. Thanks, Corinne. Like the depth of like everything, the ups and downs. It's such mm. it's, it's a superpower to feel that. Yeah, absolutely. It's so it's, yeah, it's like interfacing with life, like in just a deeper way. So you know, thanks cancer season, you know, a lot of, (laughs) a lot of people have that perspective of like, yeah, it's like a very weak sign. They're so, it's so emotional and, oh, but really it's, it's so beautiful. And it's like, um, you know, encouraging us to go deeper and really experience life in a, in a deeper way. So I love it. It is. It really is. And it's been interesting to see, um, Bitcoin through this period, um, you know, we had the last full moon on the 3rd of July, which was in Capricorn as now, you know, when this podcast will be released, it will be on the new moon in Cancer. And it's just, it's just like chilling. Like it's literally just flowing through the water. Like Bitcoin's not really doing anything. Um, and I wonder if that's, just is a reflection of you know the human consciousness just everyone as a collective is just flowing in their emotions and just trying to figure it out with like what is about to come like you know as we've stepped into July 
um, any time now will be the launch of FedNow, all of these new CBDCs that they've continued saying are going to be launched around this time. Um, I think Europe said there is gonna they're going to be releasing theirs in August. And it's like, I feel like even just Bitcoin is confused and just trying to feel and trying to figure out what it feels. Um, because mm. again, I truly believe that Bitcoin is just a reflection of um, of human consciousness. consciousness. It's interesting too, like I, uh, I spoke up on my Instagram stories the other day after we had interviewed Natalie Brunel mm. and I spoke to my audience that I know doesn't fully understand Bitcoin or doesn't fully understand crypto, but in the uncertainties, like the consolidation of Bitcoin representing, you know, like you just said, current human consciousness, people who are really start, people are really starting to feel the effects of this inflation and this separate or the separation of uh, wealth, the classes, the disappearance of the middle class. And I'm noticing more and more people starting to like open their ears up to what is Bitcoin and not just price, but what is, what is this new system of monetary evolution, monetary possibility? What does this mean for people? And so it's like, I'm seeing people really start to kind of reconsider what they believe in, change their mind, open their mind, if you will. Mm. And uh, I think that's a that's a positive sign, but it makes sense if it's um reflect the consolidation is reflecting the collective, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a period of collective consolidation as well, and I think mm. I always kind of like see that the ebbs and flow of life in that way. Like we, you know, we'll have these periods where we just think everything's just doing nothing, and we'll have these periods of consolidation, and then we'll have these like exciting runs up. And then, you know, maybe we'll have a bit of a pullback and it's like, if we can just kind of observe the ebbs and flow of life in that way and go with it instead of, you know, always expecting life to just be going up and up and up. That's just not like, that's just not how anything moves, you know? Yulene, it's not linear or evolution is not linear. It's literally a spiral like Fibonacci. Look at that. We all know how that. literally literally Fibonacci and I think um it's interesting I think in the last episode I said that I really would like to see Bitcoin consolidating above 32 and Mm -hmm. before this new moon like I you know and we haven't seen that so that does make me a little bit uncomfortable because I feel like um, we may see a bit of a pullback on this full moon again, and then it, it begins that like move back up to try and reclaim those levels. So I sort of was hopeful that we would reclaim those levels and consolidate, you know, across that. It's such a psychological level for the market as well. Like a lot of people are waiting for that to sort of confirm their bullish bias, I guess. But um, I mean, I'm long-term bullish on Bitcoin anyway, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me so much, but in terms of like technical levels that I would have liked to have seen us reach before this new moon, um, you know, it would have been above that 32 and we haven't quite reached it. So I think that there will be this period of pullback and then we start the move up again and and try to try to reclaim those levels. So let's yeah. see how that plays out. Yeah, I think that's really interesting too. And, you know, we we say time and time again on this podcast that 2023, even just looking at the astrology, we're really not expecting a new all-time high. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're just really 
Uh, this is just really the year of transformation and accumulation. That's what 2023 is about. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do agree with you. We did say we were hoping to see a higher push up above that, you know, 31,500, 32,000. Um, yeah. I was looking at the last new moon, which was also, you know, when we went from uh, full moon in Sagittarius on the 4th of June through to the new moon in Gemini on the 20th of June. And that was a really interesting, you know, half moon full cycle or half half moon cycle where mm -hmm. From the full moon, we saw price actually coming down until only five days before the new moon. And then it really took off. Um, yeah. And I, I'm wondering if that's something similar that we may see. Um, because when I look at the astrology around this new moon in Cancer, um, as well as, and we talked about it last episode, the North Node. Mm -hmm. Finally, from Taurus into Aries, you know, even Uranus just has so many positive placements. I am like, I'm just really expecting, again, just from a strictly astrological standpoint, I'm like, we've got to see a more interesting move up. Now, is yeah. it going to be lived? Maybe not. Um, but I'm very interested to see what price is going to do um, around this new moon. And then, mm. yeah, like you said, you know, I, I agree. I do think that then we will have that pull back towards that the full moon. Um, but I guess we'll be able to see around the new moon what price is going to do then to then determine, okay, where really will we be going in price as we head down towards the full moon? So yeah. Yeah, I was sort of seeing the same things because, I mean, look, I will remind everyone we're recording this on um, the 9th, 10th of July. So we do have a couple of more days before we do have about a week before the the new moon. Um, so there is, you know, time to see those moves. And I sort of am also with that Aries, um, that North Node and Aries expecting some kind of impulsive move. Um, so let's see, we could, we still could reclaim those levels and, um, you know, and see, see where we're at after that. So it, it's just a, it's just a wait and see and see how Bitcoin, again, it's, it's just very interesting to observe how Bitcoin reacts to these, these moves. Cause a lot of these different, like larger planetary transits, Bitcoin, this is the first time Bitcoin's ever seen them. You know, we've ever seen Bitcoin in them. So um, it it is really quite interesting to see how that moves um, that those moves forward. Yeah, actually, while you're saying that, you know, just as I like go through and do my astrological analysis on uh, primarily Bitcoin, mm -hmm. one thing that I do always take into consideration is like, you know, I I go back. I back test. I'm like, okay, what did Bitcoin's price do last time that Mercury moved into Taurus or whatever it may be? But ever since we've really had a Saturn shift into Pisces, it I've just seen the shifts and the changes and how we don't fully see the same things that occurred last time. Mm -hmm. And it kind of brings me to always remember like Corinne, yes, history doesn't repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. And so you're just trying to find that that rhythm 
rather than that complete duplication of what's yes. happened in the past. But Saturn in Pisces just has been such an interesting energy. And I'm constantly remembered or reminded as to like, okay, Corinne, like where is the illusion? Where is the illusion that Saturn in Pisces is bringing? Um, and we still have a while to go until Saturn moves out of that. So, yeah. And we're in Saturn retrograde right now. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. oh. <laughs> Does Wait. that explain a few things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Saturn in retrograde. If, if everybody's yeah. life lessons just keep on coming back right now, blame it on Saturn. My well, Saturn's in Capricorn, so it makes a lot of sense. Got it. Go on, Claire. Alex, do you also have some cancer placements? I feel like you did. Yeah, my moon is mm. in cancer. My yeah. moon is in cancer in the ninth house. Mm. Yeah, so this is kind of a, a big one for you. This is actually quite a big like time period for you because you've got your your new moon and your moon in cancer, and then you have your natal sun in Aquarius. So then you have that full moon at the end of this, like boxing that in so that's that's it's quite a powerful time for you i think my saturn retrograde capricorn from the last moon yeah i'm going through a lot and i'm just really using all of my resources my people like just growing through it trusting mm -hmm. the new and absolutely radically calling myself out in am I repeating a pattern from the past okay why what are my options if I can really just observe what my choices mm. are that's so, awesome that's such you. a powerful way to view it yeah it it takes a lot of courage to mm. do that so thank you shout out to you Alex and Claire <laughs> is working through it so shout out to you and to anybody else that <laughs> that really goes in and embraces and does the 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 self-reflection work when you look in the mirror and you really like look at every single part of you it takes a lot of courage mm, it does but it's it's also a lot of fun I think it's also like it feels um it just feels really powerful it feels really aligned you know when you align to creation and align to nature and align to you know god's creative power in the universe it really it really is a powerful force to work with so um it's really fun yeah and so there's it's kind of a bit of a I don't want to say that it's a boring astrological time because obviously there's like a lot going on, obviously, and always. But specifically, if we look at like the crypto space, even just looking at the news, you know, we mm -hmm. mentioned before we started recording, we're kind of like, so what's been going on? Like, <laughs> um, not a lot. We're all just waiting. Yeah, just more of the same, you know, talk about BlackRock and, you know, institutions coming in and, and things like that and, um, you know, legitimizing. But I think since the last, um, since we last recorded, so we've, which was released on the full moon, the Capricorn full moon to now the new moon in Cancer, I think really the, the sort of bigger news that, 
yeah, you're right. There hasn't been a lot of news, you know, and I thought it was me. I was like, have I just been really disconnected and missed things? But, you know, I had a look and there's really not been much, um, much happening. Um, a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, of course. But I think the bigger thing to note that impacts a lot of people is this launch of threads and this competitor to Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> competitor to Elon Musk Twitter. So um, what are you guys feeling about that? Okay. A lot of things. Kimberly has, um, yeah, has a, she, what do we say? She threaded, instead of she tweeted, she threaded. I have a quote I want to share too, but Corinne threaded some threads on threads. Yeah. Comparisons, you should go share those. I was like, is that what I, is that what I say now? Like even before to my Alex, I was like, babe, I've just been threading all day. I was like, is that a term now? Are you weaving the threaders that we weave yeah. threads weaving? I, I'm done. Go on. It's I weaving sound like narrative. There we go, Claire. We go. It's quite literally that. Yeah. But. I do feel, and I'm I'm gonna read what I uh I threaded the other day. <laughs> that I feel that Twitter will be to thread app what Rumble is to YouTube and what Bitcoin is to fiat. So let mm. me explain. I feel like Threads app is just another centralized platform where instead of sharing primarily images and videos we share quotes and thoughts and we communicate or share via words um twitter i feel like especially with elon being in charge is going to continue becoming more of i don't want to say decentralized because obviously it is a centralized entity but more so like where there is more freedom of speech and less censoring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's the same with like the comparison between YouTube and Rumble. YouTube, very censored, very selective. Got to be careful what you put on there. Rumble, you can speak and say and do really whatever you want. That's why Rus Russell Brand is on there. And mm -hmm. he's like one of the number one creators on Rumble because he just says what he thinks and goes against, you know, and the mainstream and is very controversial. And then we have Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the Twitter and the Rumble. Um, and the Fiat is the YouTube and the Threads app. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind it of does. kind of thought behind it. So far. So far. Yeah. What about you ladies? I know that before we were talking about some of your feels around well, this. Well, I think um, like, I think Elon, it was interesting. I mean, look, Elon is pushing for free speech mm -hmm. and he may, you know, he may believe that in his heart. Um, and this, you know, might, you know, buying Twitter might go along with that ideology that he has, but I think really his real reason for buying Twitter, I've heard a lot of people talk about that is that it's a data set and you know data is the new oil and mm -hmm. you need a huge data set to be able to train your AIs so mm. you know Elon Tesla like they have one of the most powerful 
um, supercomputers, AI, all of that kind of infrastructure. And so they need a data set with which to train their AI. And so one of the reasons why he also is pushing for it to be as uncensored as possible is because they need that to be open, to be able to, you know, for their AI to be able to train from that. So I think like, I'm not judging Elon's motives. I don't know him personally. And, you know, he may really <laughs> be motivated by that. Um, but I think that I is also another motivation as well. And so I think Mark Zuckerberg is also like, hey, wow, we also need, you know, we're the kings of data, um, data harvesting. And so I think that's partially one of the reasons why they have launched a competitor as well, because they want to capture that too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I heard about it, I'm like, really? Like another app, another app for people to just share their, spill out their ego projections on. And I don't, I don't know. I don't mean that in like a negative way, but I did weave or thread <laughs> in that social media to an extent is a literal projection of ego. Whether it's a negative or positive projection, the projector knows deep within. I'm not saying it's bad, but it is interesting to witness. Have fun with it, right? So it is it is interesting to see what people are sharing and projecting. And like, I know we can share things on Instagram now. I don't have Facebook, but Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, threads. And it's like, it's just another thing and I'm like whoa and then jokingly I was like you guys all got to be wearing blue blockers I hope so right protect your eyes <laughs> yeah I mean that was my reaction as well when I saw it I was like oh great. like why do we need another app but then I don't know of course I you know clicked on it and now I'm on it you know what I mean we'll all use I've it I've been having fun <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and I think as well, like it's again coming back to that thing that we've talked about, about the metaverse, about AI, about technology in general. And it's like, you know, it's about you using it and not it using you. And I think there's that element that one of the things that I really love about social media is that there are people that I find really inspiring and really interesting. And their social media sort of gives you an insight to them that you never would have before, you know, um, it's so much deeper than a, you know, magazine article, or even, you know, previously, like in the early 2000s, when blogs were really, you know, a big deal and things like that, you know, it gives you much more insight into people and understanding how people work. And the expansive side of that, I think, is also really powerful and, um, you know, sometimes gets lost in the the negative kind of conversations around social media. Yeah, I love social media. Like, I know I just was quick to call it an ego projection, but like not all ego projections are negative. I think mm -hmm. there's so much fun for like, well, not not. Well, let me rephrase that. I think social media can be so much fun. Like I just being an Aquarius and like someone who's techie and can really thrive in ethereal spaces like there's there is so much depth that you can get to know and you can get get to know someone with like through and it's so creative there's so many different ways to share an idea an image you can literally project and I don't mean negatively project but you can literally project a feeling through words and image sound 
like art creation in just a few seconds and like relay a message. It's it's a really beautiful way of communicating and it's so much fun, I think, but it can also be dark. It can be evil. It can be mean. It's but it's just but just like life and just like conversing with people. You can meet mean people, rude people, evil people, but you can also have a conversation that is uplifting, fulfilling, so funny, like takes you home to yourself, connects you deeper. So the dual yeah. universe. I, I digress. I think that's really interesting. As you say that I'm here actually looking at the the natal chart. So the birth chart of um, threads up. And, you know, we, we spoke about how it's rising is in Scorpio. And, you know, I feel like that can be part of what may be the darkness and I'll go more into depth on that in just a second whereas mm -hmm. then I see its sun which is the purpose is in cancer and that's so aligned with so much of what we've spoken about already about cancer in general as a sign and as an energy and how it is so beautifully emotional and that it's able to feel those emotions and what you're just saying now Alex about you know the beauty of social media that we get to share things um and what it is that we maybe truly are or what it is that we feel and it's a, just a reflection uh, um a way that we can reflect or or share our expression it's a means of expression um and i feel that that's it's cancer sun which is yeah. really beautiful um it does then have, you know, and even here, you know, I believe that with every sign, there is the positives and then the things to work on. The shadow <laughs> side. Yeah. Everything has go. a shadow side. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, immediately, I know that Scorpio is another one that immediately, uh, the call it the, what's the word I'm thinking of? the mainstream thought of Scorpio is like, oh, darkness. And it like stings people and it hurts. And they're <laughs> mean, right. But some of my best friends are Scorpio, like, and they're definitely beautiful people. So there's obviously different sides to the Scorpio, but I feel like here, um, what is it that we, we saw that we spoke about with the rising in Scorpio and how that could be a, a, a not so great thing about threads it's kind of uh well it's it's not that it's necessarily a great it, that it's not a great thing but it's definitely kind of like a sting to twitter right it's a ah, right you there know, it it's a, it's an open it's a kind of an open attack on on twitter i think and um right. yeah it's interesting sort of how facebook operates or meta i think the company is called now and you know even with the the origins of Facebook, you know, there's a whole movie about it that they, you know, stole stole it, and then they, you know, they copied Snapchat and created, um, you know, created stories, and then they, you know, copied TikTok and created Reels, and then so it's and now they've copied Twitter and created Threads. So there is that element of like, um, there is that shadow side of of Scorpio that sometimes is deceptive or secretive or, you know, and so there is that element of, of that feel throughout the way meta operates in general as well. Yeah. 
that's so that's really interesting um i mean other interesting things i'm seeing here on its chart is so it's midhaven is in leo which mm. quite you know so the midhaven is in regards to its success in more it's like career let's say and Leo is a pretty powerful sign when it comes to career and, and leadership and taking forth something until it works. Um, and it's Jupiter is in Taurus, also a mm. the planet of, um, you know, abundance of money, of career. And it being in Taurus is a very... Um, I want to say money driven, but also like a legacy driven um, sign. So that's pretty cool. I feel like that is going to have, I mean, looking at that just on a super superficial level is quite successful. It does have some interesting aspects though. Um, and I should say also its moon is in Aquarius. So <laughs> it's like, you know, the moon we really associate with like the roots, uh, the 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 mother in, in particular, and that it's an Aquarius, the sign of technology is is really cool. Um, mm. But more so, yeah, I feel like the it's the moon in Aquarius that I'm seeing has a lot of interesting aspects. It's square Jupiter, it's square Uranus. Um, and... It's also in opposition to Mars and Venus. So if um, you're listening to this and you haven't watched our very first episode where we talk a lot about like the planets, the energies, the, the aspects, do go back and listen to that. But why I'm specifically pointing out oppositions and squares is because they're the most challenging um, aspects that are created. And... Let me just point out maybe the most interesting one, which I feel like could be moon square Jupiter. Uh, so this aspect causes constantly increasing needs for emotion, for care, and for comfort. These people are wow. introverts who seek intense religious life, so, so belief and faith, they are very dependent on external conditions and they need to find their purpose of life. That just makes mm. me think, like <laughs> think of a user on, on threads and yeah. them and their increasing needs for external validation. Yeah. Right. What does that make you ladies think of as I read that? It's just it's just the dopamine addiction is is yeah. really a problem in our is a really a real problem in our society. And I think it's really interesting, like um, you know, when I talk to some of my friends, kids, you know, who are like obviously like Gen Z teenagers, um, mm -hmm. early teens and things like this, they're like such a magical generation, honestly. But this kind of this dopamine addiction is so destructive to them it's like mm. you know you know we all all the generations have a different sort of like achilles heel and i think this is for them because they've literally grown up as their brain is forming with this mm. 
you know? And so I think that, yeah, all of these sort of things, we, that's, that's sort of where we need to bring awareness. I think there's also this balance between, you know, what we share. It's like, you know, as Alex was saying earlier, it's such a beautiful, you know, easy, quick way of, you know, creative expression. Like you can literally just, if you have an idea, it's like, so little effort to put that idea out into the world. Whereas previously, you know, to write a book or create, you know, a song mm. or something like that, you can literally put an idea out into the world in like five seconds. And I think that that's like really beautiful aspect of social media, but you do have that darkness of this addiction to the dopamine, the continual dopamine hit. And also the recognition of, data harvesting like I was saying before as well it's just um we get to choose how much of ourself we share and so if we want to express a thought and birth something out into the world we have that opportunity but it's also like conscious of like what am I keeping to myself what's private like what's just for me and the people who I share my life with in you know in real life you know and it's that balance as well yeah um I have uh, one of my cousins, she's 16 and she just, she found out through social media that the guy she's been dating or whatever you do at 16, dating's not like a word that they use, um, seeing, talking to whatever is fat is with another girl. She found out through social media oh. and she, he's okay. in like Costa Rica, she's in Paris. And so she's been like calling me all the time. And like everything that she's telling me, like she just wants someone to vent out to. So I just, mm -hmm. you know, I look to her, remind her of her worth and also something you don't want to hear at 16. But everything she's telling me is this is from TikTok. This is from TikTok. This is from my Snapchat story. This is from my Snapchat story. Should I block him? Should I, what should I do? And I'm like, okay, block him. And she's like, okay, if I block him on Snapchat, then our streak is going to die. And I'm like, whoa, what is that? She's like, it's how many days we've snapped each other. And that has value. Like how many days we've talked to each other in a row. And I'm like, so if you block him on that, well, will you, are you like, does that mean you block him on like TikTok or like, if you use Instagram, like, do you block his phone number? She's like, oh no, he could just text me. And I'm like, the mindset is so different. And then like, she's telling me she posts what she's going through on her stories. And I'm like, why are you sharing your personal experiences? Like mm. your emotions, that's just for you on your stories. And she's just like, what do you mean? And it's like the mindset, of course, 16 and, you know, I'm in my thirties. It's so different, but it's just how social media has morphed, how they relate to each other on such a personal level, socially mm. at a young age. And I'm like, wow, it's just different. So yeah. Age of what's that doing? Go on. I just think it's the age of Aquarius, you know, when I think we're just going to continue seeing it as Pluto will go back into, into Aquarius. Um, yeah. It's just this future, you know, which is already the, the present. It's not even the future anymore. It's just this technological age that we, we are shifting and going through. Um, and, oh man, where did I hear this just recently? How, oh, in, in this audible that I've been listening to, which is called The Price of Tomorrow, Why mm. Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future um, by Jeff, Jeff Booth. Jeff, yeah. I think you shared that with me, Claire, actually. Yeah, yeah. 
And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was just listening just um, recently to it again, where they were talking about the fact that we as humans struggle so much to just change. And some of the mm-hmm. concepts that, you know, for us are so normal, you know, our parents, our grandparents just maybe still to this day just struggle so much to adapt to and think of like 100 200 years ago some of the things that today for us are so so normal for them would think they would think that it was absolutely ridiculous and out of this world um and so you know it's so interesting how you're talking about your 16 year old cousin that that's not even that much of an age difference what is it like 15 plus a few years like that's not that many years difference and it's like just how how quickly times are changing and it makes me think about like ladies and gentlemen get ready for like you know the next only five years how much is going to change and how much we're just going to have to learn to adapt and word that really came to me was just surrender but not surrender to something that you don't stand for but rather just surrender to to faith and to just knowing that everything's going to be okay and that we can embrace changes um and that's the beauty of the internet and of social Mm -hmm. media to an extent where we get to d-y-o-r we get to do our research We get to pick our 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 decision and our bias and our opinions around something. But yeah, times are changing fast. So fast. Which fast is also fast. really cool. I mean, it's something that also the moon cycles teach us. Do you know what I mean? Like change is coming anyway. Like change, it's the the moon cycles keep going you know it doesn't matter what we are going through so it's like again how do you sort of jump on that wave rather than trying to fight it and I think a lot of people because they're freaked out by technology try and fight it but the wave of technology is coming whether you like it or not so it's really about it's more about how you interact with it how you build that awareness around it and Something that really stood out to me that Alex said with your, you know, your cousin is sharing what she's going through on Instagram stories. And when you said like, oh, that, you know, almost like, is that not a little too much to share? It didn't even occur to her that that was too much to share. Like, of course, I share everything of my life on Instagram stories, right? That's the mindset. And I mean, it's funny because I even had that revelation of myself and it's like, not that I was sharing such personal things, but just the automatic thing, like I'd sit down to a really nice meal and it was really beautiful. My first reaction was like, oh, take a photo, post it to Instagram story. And I caught myself doing that. And I was like, wait, when did that become the natural reflex? And I think those are the sorts of patterns that we sort of like need to be conscious of within ourselves and go, hang on a second, I've kind of been programmed into this. And like your cousin is just that that much younger than us. So she's had that like from day one, basically, you know, that that's like so normal. Whereas it's like, hey, hang on a second, what boundaries do I want to have with this? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, how much of myself do I want to give? Do I want to share 
with people that maybe are not for me, you know, like I don't think that social media, unless your account is private and you're really conscious about like who has access to those stories, you yeah. kind of want to have some boundaries because not every random person on the internet wants what's best for you, wants to see you win or cares about you, you know, has good intentions for you. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe teenagers need to, you know, someone needs to to speak to teenagers about that and be like, hey, hang on a second. Like you, you need to have some boundaries about who you share your life with. Um, because one of the things I think about social media more than anything is like, maybe a thousand years ago, we only interacted with like our tribe, you know, a thousand, two thousand, you know, more than that really. But, um, you know, we, we inter, we interacted with very few people. It was just the people in our tribe. And then sort of, as we evolved, it became like our immediate family. We've never had any, we haven't really changed much physiologically since then. But now we are energetically connected to thousands of people. And so it's like, what effect does that have on our nervous system? We have, you know, there's only studies now that we're looking at the how that affects our brain development, how that affects our nervous system and all of those kind of things. So I think, it, you know, interacting with social media is so easy to just become a natural extension of ourselves. But mm. really, it needs to be interfaced with in a way that, you know, in a boundaried way, in the same way that people that we interact with in real life, we're like, hey, you know, I have these boundaries and, you know, healthy boundaries around how we interact with people. We need to be like even more aware of that with social media, because, again, like our emotions are currency. So your cousin sharing all of these deep emotions, it's, you know, feeding that into the collective consciousness and you know, um, she needs to, you know, all, we all need to be aware of like, how much of myself am I giving? Who am I giving this energy to? Do these people have my best interests at heart? Do they want, wish me well? Do they want good for me? And that's definitely some questions I think worth asking. Wow. Yeah, it's like, what are you contributing to? Are you contributing to the collective drama? You know what I mean? Like, you mm -hmm. know, you see the same memes, you share a meme. It's like you're continue, you're jumping on that energetic trail, you know, like <clears throat> before, or like perpetuating it rather. But um, before we started this podcast, I don't know if you guys remember, my, I, my social media was private. I mm. was not posting. I think I took 60 days off. And when I, and and I had moved the app on my phone. So it wasn't in that, like, you know, I, I where we're so where Instagram is on my phone, I'm like programmed to go click it in between tasks as Corinne witnessed this weekend as we were working. Um, I'll just go and click it. But my point is I took this break. And when this podcast went public, that was, you know, when I decided to make my social media account public again. And in my mind, I was able to witness how, how um almost this feeling of like shock or um just like exhaustion like shock it was like shock combined with exhaustion when i'd be having my morning hot water and scrolling through you know like what it, the main page on your instagram what's that called your um not i forget what it's called your home what is it your yeah the home page and like that your page grid 
Yeah, no, not the grid. Um, what's it called? I'll go on right now. Explore page. Explore. explore page. Yes. I remember, you know, like day two or day one being back on Instagram, looking at my explore page and feeling like I just had life force robbed of me because I'm like, how normal, how abnormal is it? for me to have just seen and digested and exchanged my energy, which is my attention, my attention with someone baking bread, this little puppy over there, this tree there, whatever my feed was, somebody crying about this, a meme about this, this political stuff, this de-dollarization stuff. And I'm like, I just digested all of that within three minutes and it's not even 8 a.m. yet. And I'm like, that's so overwhelming. And that taxed my nervous system. And like, people are just mm -hmm. used to this. And so I'm kind of used to it now because like, I'm, my social media is like not private anymore, but that was uh, stepping out of it made me realize how much people are just in it on an unconscious level and giving away their energy to it. So I think, you know, of course, intentional posting the time when you post what you're posting about what you're sharing is, um, it, it's good to be intentional about it. It's good to be clear about it, not, and to not project, which is what we see a lot of on, you know, even Twitter, but I digress. No, absolutely. And, you know, that's, I'm, I, I, yes, I see everything that you said. And I went through the opposite where I, I was on my social media 24 seven, as I built my business very rapidly mm. the past couple mm. of years. And it mm -hmm. came to, you know, me really like, towards the end of last year, mid last year, where I just realized I was so exhausted. And as I started to really level up in my spiritual journey, I just really like took a massive step back from social media to the point that I, I literally felt sick going on social media, I really mm -hmm. had just to like, disassociate myself with it for a long time and to bring myself back on there now because it is a key part of my business still to this day um I really view now my social media or I've had to put really strict rules around it for myself like boundaries for me and my health my mental as well as my physical health because if you sit there for hours scrolling not so good and mm -hmm. I've just put these boundaries of this is when I post. This is when I go on there. I have a maximum of what of a one hour time limit on Instagram a day on my phone. So I catch myself and I often even move the location of the app on my phone so that I trigger my brain and I can catch myself where I'm like, wait, the app's not there. Wait, why am I going on there when I was actually just going on my phone to respond to this other message? Um yeah. So it's cool that we're becoming like aware of it. And as we grow, we get to set boundaries even with ourselves and with our social media and with our dopamine kicks. And I love that we're reflecting on all of this while Mercury's in Cancer too. That's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's just looking, I'm like, oh, let me look at the astrology. Um, but tomorrow, tomorrow, which is going to be the, the 11th of July or the day after, right? 10th, 11th of July, 
we have Mercury actually shifting into Leo, um, which will really change the communication from moving from a Cancer energy to a Leo energy. Mercury's quite powerful. So um, get ready for a lot more direct communication, probably from people. Um, which is really cool because Mars is just shifting into Virgo today. So that's going to be a lot of very direct talk, no uh, beating around the bush and just straight to the point. So this is going to be really exciting to to get things done and communicate the way that we need to. Um, Please continue to also put love around your communication people <laughs> we step yeah. into this time but um yeah that's some really cool energies that are coming up yeah I think it's just calling us to be really sort of intentional and conscious of our communication mm-hmm. because I think you know even talking about social media you know when all of these things started coming out like when I was a teenager and MySpace was coming out you know what I mean those kind MySpace. of things we were not conscious of that at all. We were just like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like, you know, these new things. And we had no idea the effect that these these sort of things, how this would shape the way that we communicate, you know, that society communicates. So I think even coming into this, this new moon in cancer as well, it really sort of represents um, and presents us with an opportunity to gain clarity about, this really important aspect of our world, which is our inner life. And so all of this external stuff that happens and goes on around us that we literally have at our fingertips that we've never had as humanity before, um, you know, can kind of distract from our inner life. So it's really a time to sort of set some intentions around what do I want my inner life to look like? My roots, my closest familial relationships, you know, and I'm really like, focus on nurturing that like cancer is really associated with nurturing emotions security so it's like really taking a look at that inner world and um you know it's ruled by the moon which again symbolizes like mother energy intuition instincts and um the sort of fluctuation of emotions so um i think it will be interesting in the context of bitcoin to sort of see um you know, this cancer new moon, it's, you know, because as we, we've always said on the charts, it's like a reflection of human emotions and how people are feeling about Bitcoin. And that's what shows up on the charts. So we may see some fluctuations, I think, in that. Um, but it's, I think it's really about setting intentions, or like, maybe even in the context of Bitcoin, looking at like, how, what emotions does Bitcoin stir in me? Like, what are my belief systems around Bitcoin? Am I just in it to, you know, oh, I hope this goes, I'm buying some and I hope this goes up. Are you just trading it on a daily basis and you're sort of trading those fluctuations? Or, you know, are the emotions more around like, you know, the future, stability, hard money, those kind of things. So I think it's it's a time to sort of you know, observe that and set some intentions around that as well. Yeah, mm. perfect time to do so, especially around a new moon. Mm. Yes. Intentions. And, you know, on on Bitcoin, we then really have this period of time with not too many shifts. Um, 
And again, like I said, it's kind of like boring astrology, let's call it, during this time. Um, We do have on the 23rd of July, Venus, which is currently in Leo, is going to be going retrograde Mm. in Leo. So Venus is spending quite some time in Leo due to this retrograde. Um, I think next podcast episode, it would be really cool for us to really go into depth um, in regards to where what happens when Venus is in retrograde and there's some interesting astrology, which will be coming up the following moon phase um, with what's called the inferior conjunction um, with Venus. So um, Mm. this is so key because we'll see a lot of, um, and if you back test it, there's a lot of really interesting, very clear institutional moves that occur around this time. Um, but we have plenty of time until we, that happens. So I think we'll address it in the next podcast, but do expect Mm. from the 23rd of July heading down towards the full moon on the 1st of August, um, we could see that start to kind of stir things up. So I believe push price down a little bit faster than expected as we go into that full moon, um, Mm. Because Venus being in Leo and Venus being a planet where where we're talking about money, we talk about the the love for money um, and maybe sometimes a little bit of the greed for money. Now, Leo in Venus has a very genuine, genuine and passionate love. So bringing it back to what you were just saying, Claire, I think it is really a perfect time, even as investors, as traders, to really think about what what do you feel around bitcoin like what what is your love towards bitcoin actually about is it that you genuinely love it because you understand that it brings power to the people that it's bringing this new way of our economy to the world um that finally people really can be in a very simple way in ownership of their money of their energy through bitcoin Or is your love for Bitcoin coming from a bit of greed? Maybe because instead you do see it as something that you can just really quickly make money on and Mm. you just want to make money out of it, right? Um, Because Venus in retrograde for Bitcoin, I think once again, is going to be a reflection of the human consciousness and how it is that we feel around Bitcoin. Um, and we'll just make things move a little faster than usual. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we also, we talked a lot last episode about the North Node moving into Aries. So I will just touch on that. It is moving into Aries on the 17th of July. And so it's, you know, this point of destiny is shifting into this independent Aries. So it's again, really that time when we, explore collectively of what sovereignty looks like to us like what does sovereignty actually mean to us what does it actually look like and just that opportunity you know to find some balance between individuality and partnership assertiveness and diplomacy and self-interest and collaboration um so so we we did speak about that quite a lot in last episode so if that is sort of piquing your interest you can go back and have a listen to that for sure 
Um, we do have also 17th of July, the moon is sextile Saturn. So it's, you know, a reasonably positive aspect in Cancer in the 12th house of restructure and repurpose. So this sextile aspect between the moon and natal Saturn, you know, um, sort of signifies like a supportive and harmonious, you know, a sextile is like a supportive and harmonious energy really between um, the moon and the natal placement of Saturn. Um, And it sort of creates an opportunity for positive cooperation and a positive flow of energy. So where's the moon again, representing emotions and instincts and like our subconscious desires, it sort of um, symbolizes like our emotional well-being and our relationship with security and nurturing. And then Saturn, you have on the other hand, which represents like discipline, structure and long-term planning and our sense of responsibility and perspective and this need for stability. So when this moon forms the sextile as, um, you know, aspect with natal Saturn, it kind of suggests this be like favorable interaction between those two energies. So it's really this opportunity to balance emotions with practicality. And um, so I think that we're sort of seeing that as well in the, you know, echoed in the Bitcoin community. And and Mm. there are so many discussions that, you know, that, that are happening around, you know, what does this look like with all of these institutions coming in? How do we feel about it? You're seeing a lot of different expressions of emotions around those topics. So um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting um to to see that as well um the other things that i have noted down for this period is like a mars trine natal natal mars so it's like the mars transit is is trine natal mars and that's on the 19th of july so that's also like a trine is like a positive again a positive exchange of energy and um or sort of a more neutral to positive but you know generally positive and that's in virgo in the second house of money trade and interest rates and i just found something interesting to note is that that particular date i think it's on that day or the day after we have the employment claims coming through the the employment unemployment figures and then a week later, we have the FOMC press conference and the Fed funds rate announcement. So that kind of ties in with that trade, money, and interest rates. And so it's like Mars represents this like action, drive, ambition, and assertiveness. So it's like symbolizes this energy of passion and the pursuit of goals. But when it forms this trine aspect with the natal Mars, it like indicates this period of increased personal motivation, assertiveness and confidence, you know, in the financial markets. So um, it's like about leveraging your energy and motivation. Um, Yeah, because you're going to see this increased personal drive from Bitcoin and ambition and, um, you know, a time to, again, take calculated risks and um, assert yourself in negotiations and seize opportunities that align with your objectives. So I think I see that as a pretty positive, you know, sign. And I think this will be an interesting FOMC press conference because, as Corinne mentioned, you know, this we're expecting Fed now to sort of be released and sort of see see what that looks like 
in in these weeks as well so um yeah so that's interesting too yeah no I I'm so interested to see what happens with Fed now um yes. but so just how people are going to react to it yes. because that's what's going to make the difference and you know as we spoke about in our podcast with with Natalie um it's just they're just both going to exist like both mm -hmm. paths are going to mm -hmm. exist and people will just need to choose is this the time and and you know this is a new moon in cancer ladies and gentlemen make sure that you're really <clears throat> sitting and talking to yourself and um really seeing like okay what do i believe in what type of life also do I I want to create for myself and am I preparing myself to live a decentralized life do I not care about any of that and I'm happy with a centralized system and I want to continue down this path or how am I going to create a healthy balance of both so mm. that I can be decentralized I can be in ownership of my assets but I can still maybe participate in call it society or I don't know the word that comes to my mind is the matrix slash the hunger games but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's my dramatic Leo but that's just how I feel <laughs> what do you think Alex I mean, depth, the dual nature of the universe, I always will go back to that, you know, it's just getting more and more clear. Um, mm. I think people are seeing how truly manipulated fiat is. And I'm not saying Bitcoin's not manipulated, but the entire tension and purpose and vision is completely different. You know, Bitcoin is being manipulated the way fiat is by the people who manipulate fiat. It's not the same. Um, uh, it's just the price in US dollars that is manipulated. That, it's that. Yeah. That's what is the illusion. Like it is the trap. If we continue to compare Bitcoin to US dollars or to any fiat, that's the trap. So yeah. is Bitcoin really manipulated right now? Well, if we continue to look at the dollar, yeah. Otherwise, it's not. Sorry, to like, that was important. No, it's no, it's good. It's all good. But like I said earlier in the podcast, people are just really opening their eyes. I feel like people, there's like the middle class is getting really tired of feeling like would the work that they're producing is just not enough. And I think that's not just like a now thing. I think that's been, you know, a long time coming. People are like in this, I'm grinding, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. But I'm like, are you really, are you just telling yourself that? Because like we live in a system or a society that has created a system to make you psychologically and physically feel like you are, you can't, you can't keep up. It's not enough. It's going to just keep getting inflated. And like your work is your active income might not be enough. And I think like a lot of people are facing that now. So there's, is a collective wave of like, well, like, is this really working for me? And then there's the whole morality aspect is as inflation increases, people are like, forced to think like, well, 
do I need to compromise my morality and my integrity to earn money to make a living? And like that entire mindset, like that entire collective of thought that needs mm. to go. And like, I want to, if, if this podcast can help people open their mind a little bit to the opportunity and hope and the general decentralization, like, please like bring that energy in because that, that mindset is slavery in a different way. It's slavery over the mind, you know, and like energetic entities being attached to the dollar, the symbolism that is on the dollar or on different, like fiat, like us dollar currency. It's like, no, let's, let's, (laughs) I'm ready to let this go. But again, it's being able to know what it is and know how to live in the matrix, but also have that access to your own authenticity, to higher consciousness, to 5D consciousness, which is that 5D consciousness is is like a re, is a reality to a lot of people. Like there's people who love Bitcoin who understand that difference between the 3D and the 5D. And that is, I don't know if I'm making sense now, but that's that's a big indicator that we are in a positive evolution for me. The people are positively evolving together. Like there's much more of the people than there uh than there is of the people who run the markets. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Natalie said that on the last podcast too. Yeah, I really enjoyed um interviewing her because um it was just such a it's always so great to get this confirmation like that people who are outside of our, you know, our our realm or like our friend group or our, you know, um constant communication with us, she was really talking about a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast and was really aligned with it. And I think where you said, where you were just talking about how, um, you know, you're ready to to let this go and to move out of it. I kind of loved what she said as well about having this, like, we don't, re- like, we don't really want this crazy, abrupt, everybody floods into Bitcoin. You know what I mean? We don't want this like really abrupt shift in reality, you know, it's this shock factor. Yeah. I mean, that may happen at some point. We, you know, we don't know, but, um, you know, how we're always talking about, like, it would just be really nice to have this gradual build of adoption, you know, and people gradually move over to Bitcoin and, um, and to, to hard sound money. And so it was really nice to sort of hear from outside of ourselves, someone else confirming that and, you know, holding that view. And I, she, you know, there was a lot of things that she talked about in that interview that were, you know, we often talk about on this podcast too. So I think it's, it's really lovely to have that confirmation from someone who's so knowledgeable as well in the space. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it's in the collective. Like when I say for the listeners out there, when I say the collective, there's a collective, I'm talking about the collective of thoughts, the collective belief system, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the collective etheric invisible cloud of our thoughts that the iCloud mimics, for example, you know, like, so if like what Claire was just saying, Natalie is on was on our podcast the other week and she's talking about themes that we speak about and we're not in constant communication with her it is just proof of work like it's really working Mm -hmm. that there is proof of 
humanity's evolution for the highest and greatest good on a monetary value that is not manipulated and corrupt to keep people on this hamster wheel of I need to grind, I need to produce more, I need to hustle, like, because the reality is, like, the fiat system, it's, like, it's it's just not, the it's the enough, like, and everyone is enough, and everyone's inherent worth is beyond the, beyond this, like, fiat dollar monetary system, um, even though it may be hard to see it that way, so here's, to, yeah, I just got off on a rant, so here's to compassion for everyone going through it, there's hope. <laughs> Open we your love you. We love your rants. We love them. But it actually really ties into something else as well. Like, and and I'll come to it in a second in terms of the Aquarius full moon that will be closing off this like um, this area. In but for, we have also like Jupiter trying the natal sun as well, which is kind mm -hmm. of like again the trying is like this neutral to positive sort of aspect, and we've got that on the thirtieth of July in Taurus in the tenth house. So we've always had a lot of a lot of you know jupiter going on in the 10th house um and <laughs> sorry in taurus so politics government leadership and so again it you know again this trine is like this harmonious you know supportive energy between these two celestial bodies and um you know where jupiter represents this expansion and growth and abundance and opportunities optimism prosperity and like a desire for knowledge and understanding the sun is their vitality individuality and core essence of one's being so it's like i'm wondering if we're going to see more positivity in the realm of government politics leadership for bitcoin in recognizing its individuality it's you know its uniqueness and its core essence. And I feel that that's kind of like going to be expanded and magnified towards the end, um, end of this month, which is, which is interesting. So it's time to sort of seize those opportunities. That's the message of this aspect is seize those opportunities for growth and, and align to that. And then we kind of come into our full moon in Aquarius on the 2nd of August, which, um, you know, Alex, you kind of touched on this in in a sense because aquarius as you know it's your your natal sun sign um is really about that you know collaboration as well collaboration over competition it's mm -hmm. about this societal change and evolution and you know of course it's innov innovation individuality and unconventional thinking and, um, you know, ruled by Uranus, which is the planet of change and unexpected events. And so this kind of combination within that full moon really suggests a focus on like collective values, technological advancements and progressive financial ideas. So it's sort of with that full moon, the release of the full moon is sort of letting go of everything that doesn't align to that. Um, yeah. and really noticing as well, the sort of blocks and belief systems you, you hold around those things, right. Uh, around innovation, around advancement and, and things like that. And I think where you're talking about, you know, recognizing, you know, the quote unquote matrix, I guess, is that a lot of people and the duality of our reality is that a lot of people see, you know, technology and innovation, like we're talking about threads earlier as like, 
oh, they, they see the darkness of the technology. And so they think that the answer to that is to discount it completely and to disconnect from it completely. But I actually sort of feel that that's two sides of the same coin. You have one side where people are completely obsessed, hypnotized, addicted, and then you have the other side that people are, you know, rejecting it and, you know, eliminating it from their lives entirely. And I see the energetics as sort of similar. They're both involved giving a lot of energy and a lot of thought and a lot of power to those entities. And whereas I'm discovering that more and more the sacred ground is like the middle ground on a lot of these things. And, you know, when it comes to technology innovation, it's really like, okay, so yeah, there are aspects of it I don't love that I'm not, you know, I'm going to be conscious that I don't engage in. But there are also mm -hmm. aspects of this evolution that I do really love. And that's where I'm going to channel that in. So it's really like, holding that middle ground and being able to observe the dualities. I think that's really powerful mm -hmm. and very Aquarian. Also. Uh, I'm so happy. Like you took the words out right out of my mouth in regards to this next full moon, mm -hmm. because even with one of my, one of my coaching clients today, we were just talking or what really came up that is a theme going forward in life right now for many of us is that there is, we're really stepping away from this competition. Mm -hmm. Like you know, competition is so old school. Like I even heard it in a podcast the other day that really the currency of the future is community. So it's mm. all about collaboration start looking around you and who can you collaborate with who can you grow with like for example here on the bitcoin zodiac it's so cool and i'm sure that as you guys continue listening to these podcasts you're gonna see how each one of us is so different and we all have like you know, our little call it superpower. And that's what <laughs> makes like our energies together so cool because we bring different aspects and different backgrounds to this podcast and we bring it to one collective purpose, mission, and message. But that's what we're really stepping into or releasing the final and not final, final, obviously we continue to grow, but around this full moon, it's like letting go of again, more old constructs, last full moon uh, constructs. Last full moon was about the old systems and beliefs around money. And this one is like releasing and letting go of these old constructs about competition and also your views around technology. Why not? use technology to advance why not mm -hmm. use technology to your advantage to make life easier for you so that you can step more and more into that superpower of yours that's really what I feel like this next full moon is so about um and that you know in regards to Bitcoin, yeah, price probably is going to have a healthy pullback that we're probably going to be in need of. Um, mm -hmm. But that's okay, because every time there is a release, and especially around this full moon, I will think about that's okay. Those are going to be the people that don't 
fully believe and understand what Bitcoin is and the community that is behind Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is bringing to our world. So it's going to be a very, very great full moon. I'm excited for it. Also, because it's my birthday. Yay! (laughs) We love birthdays. Yay, birthdays. Leo season. Yeah. It's fully Leo season. Do you want to say something about coming into Leo season? Because I didn't mention that either 22nd, you know, Leo season really starts. And like, I don't know, Corinne, I feel like you really embody this Leo energy. I love it too. It's my rising sign. But um, did you want to speak to like what that sort of means for this time? Because I mean, I love it. I think it's a really powerful time. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Leo, of course, is a fire sign. I feel like it really is like the king or the queen of the jungle, but it's like very much like this leadership within self energy. And it's Mm -hmm. about going and really stepping into that purpose, stepping into, once again, your superpowers and into that leadership. And, you know, we're all leaders in some way, shape or form in our lives. So whether you're leading a family, a sports group, a business, a a job, or whatever it may be, right? It's really about stepping into that power um, within yourself. And I feel like Leo season is such a beautiful time also to really think about like your tribe and the purpose that you have for your tribe. Leo is such like a, a genuine, like loving for family. Like if Mm -hmm. anybody knows me, they know there is no way you can mess with my family because I will literally turn into a roaring lion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Does anything to, you know, my family, for example, or really your tribe, whatever that means for you. And so so I think it's a really beautiful time to also um, show love and appreciation for your tribe and for what it is that they bring you. Once again, really aligns with this stepping into collaboration rather than competition and, uh, you know, community being the currency of, um, of the future. And I also then think like really around the economy and money side of things, Leo really is about long-term planning. It's about building a legacy. So this is probably going to be a really great time. And for what it is that I see of potential price of Bitcoin and the crypto space, I do think it's going to be a really great time for accumulation Mm -hmm. and preparation um, for what then is to come. So um claire feel free to add anything with your uh leo rising energy Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean i just kind of loved what you sort of illustrated about like family and community you know because it's like the lion the pride right the the group and i i really did feel that again after interviewing natalie this week and um just being really i just had a real kind of feeling of gratitude actually because it was like I, I, there's some, there really is something about the Bitcoin community, and I'm talking about like people who really want to see Bitcoin move forward and you know expand into to all that it can really be, and its true purpose, and you know beyond just a speculative asset or even beyond just a store of value. You know, I mean, 
I kind of am, sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I'm, I'm quite happy for Bitcoin to be a store of value. But there are a lot of people in this Bitcoin community that, you know, really move doing whatever they can in their capacity to move it forward. And I think that she's someone who, you know, her podcast Coin Stories is really awesome. It, you know, it allows people to have these different narratives, which is also the idea of us bringing other people onto the podcast to share their story as well. This sort of shapes these narratives around Bitcoin and what Bitcoin means to us. But one of the things that I just really noticed and again was confirmed by interviewing her was there's something about the Bitcoin community and that people are really nice. You know what I mean? Like a genuinely yeah. good people and a really nice people. And that's always just something that I find is a really cool confirmation um, of like this kind of Bitcoin family and these people that are contributing um, so beautifully to the Bitcoin community and um, just, you know, turn out to be really nice people as well. And I think it's it's just a really nice reflection of, of Bitcoin and Bitcoin's community. That's right. Mm -hmm. Collaboration that. over competition. Correct, mm -hmm. Amundo. Yes. Does anybody well, else have anything to add, or should we close it there? I don't think so. I don't. That's, this was great. I think that was beautiful ending. Um, peace, love, and Bitcoin, everybody. Collab, love each other. Bring that cancer lovingness and deep caringness into yeah. this next Leo season um, and just let people know you love them. Yeah, absolutely. Happy new moon. Happy new moon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope that our discussions about cryptocurrency, trading, the phases of the moon, and spirituality have inspired you to explore these topics further. As always, DYOR, do your own research. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off of these perception expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. Until next time, these are your hosts signing off. May the stars align in your favor and your Bitcoin investments prosper. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Namaste.